Have you ever wondered what it's like to experience one of the oldest rainforests as a blind person? Or how it feels to get around one of the seven wonders of the world with mobility issues? You're listening to Accessed That, a podcast that explores what it's really like to travel as a person with a disability, like me. I'm Carney Liddell. And I'm Oliver Hunter. Each episode, we send a travel lover on an adventure around Queensland, and then we get them in the studio to have a chat. We ask them what it's like for them to navigate the world, hearing the highs, the lows, and the lowdown from people who have been there, access that. This podcast is presented by Queensland. Before we get going, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording and the country we love to travel. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And I would especially like to pay my respects to the First Nations people living with a disability. G'day listeners, and thanks for tuning into this episode of Access That, which is our season finale. This episode is a little bit different because you'll be hearing from me and from Carney about us and our adventures. We share with you a little bit more about our disabilities, both being wheelchair users, how we travel, and our recent trips in Queensland, which presented loads of laughs and learnings. Let's get into it. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed creating it for you. We've interviewed so many people that are wonderful stories, but we are the story today. So very keen to get into that. It does feel weird um, to interview ourselves. Um, but one thing I know about comedians yeah. is that you really hate being the talent. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like the stage, the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> you like don't like being the guest. I don't like it to be about me at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, comedians hate this. Yeah. yeah. Hate it. Um, yeah. For guys that, yeah. So it's all about you. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good time. So happy to tell you about me all the time. Um, so, okay, Ollie, tell me about your background. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess we, we've covered every, like all our guests, their disability and their stories, and we have mentioned it um, so far across the series. But like, Carney, so you have mentioned your disability. but Have I? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. And I think Carly, I always remembered Carly Finlay's, um, the, the term she used, access rider for what she needs to travel. She organises pre before. So what's your access rider? Oh, that's a hard one because often you have to, like anything in life, you've got to expect that there's no way that everywhere we're going to go is accessible because that's yeah. not the way the world is. Yeah. It's not an accessible world. And because I can walk as well as wheel and I only use the wheelchair for longer distances yeah. and my arms are actually weaker than my legs, there's a lot of things that it's hard to explain to anyone, let alone, you know, an airline or a hotel. Carly's a lot braver than I am to have an access rider because I just think, well, it doesn't matter what I do when I get there and I ask them if there's any steps yeah. and they say, no, there's always three steps. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess my access rider would be just be honest about how many steps there are exactly, mm-hmm. how I get the ramp down in the accessible vehicle if there is a ramp. Is it physically possible for me to do it myself or a carer on her own, for example? Yeah. And ramps on and off boats, things like that, when they say yes, but the ramp's not big enough for a wheelchair, I wish they'd just be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because it's better to be honest before and for me to make that choice whether I want to go to that destination and walk a little bit, mm-hmm. which is not easy for me. But if yep. I want to do that, that's my choice. Yeah. If I want to get on the beach and walk on the beach the way that I walk, which isn't, which I'm guessing isn't 
that pretty yeah, yeah. or typical. It probably looks a certain way, but if I want to do that, that's my choice. Yeah. Yeah. What about yours? I think um, what I find interesting is you mentioned about how your legs are actually stronger and whereas I rely heavily on my upper body. So mm. I can do all the upper body transfers and I can, you know, all it's all hanging on to bars and, and just all power and strength in the upper body. And yeah, I think to, do you think maybe as well because someone sees you in a wheelchair, like, oh, you've got huge... Your arms and shoulders must be so strong. Well, people do think I'm strong because yeah. I use a power assist yeah. wheelchair. You, you didn't even know I used yeah. a power assist yeah. wheelchair. Yeah, so I think that's an interesting thing too, whereas my arms, I guess I get it all the time too. Oh, your arms must be strong, and they are. Yeah. And I use every ounce of that to get to get by and day, travel and day-to-day life. But I guess my access rider, the big the big one is, I guess, the accessible bathroom. So mm. when I when I... And I am fortunate. I can, I guess, get by with this, what, what would I consider a standard accessible room? So big open bathroom, roll-in shower, shower chair. Um, but, yeah, that can take a while. If I'm booking a trip, I have to find the, a phone number to ring. And in 2023, they don't want you talking to a human on the phone. <laughs> they want you booking online. They want you booking through, you know, other booking sites. So sometimes to dig out that number is, is hard. But, yeah, I have to always check for an accessible bathroom and and as I said, because access, like standard accessible rooms I have found is getting better. Like where I stayed in Broad Beach was a new building. So yeah, I loved my trip and I guess for me, um, that's that's sort of how I handle travel and some of my, my other travel experiences, they I think they get, they were hard. I did my first trip um, when I was 22 solo. I had friends over in the States, but I was um, solo. So it was just a lot of effort and energy, and I oh, think, yeah. and I think that's that's um, when you're 22, you can t- you got a bit more wiggle room. Whereas now I, um, if I'm travelling, it's either with my, with my partner, or I travel with my brother for this for the Gold Coast trip. So I think that's when I what I realised when I went and did it is that oh, this is so much work effort to to get it done. And that's the thing too. In my 20s, I I did everywhere. You know, I I swam obviously, well not obviously, I was a Paralympic swimmer. So I started traveling the world when I was 14. And then I learned from my Paralympic teammates, I guess how to be disabled, you know, how to get in and out of your chair, bum up steps. Yeah, yeah. And back in the 90s and, you know, early 2000s, we traveled through Europe, which is completely inaccessible. But at the same time, we didn't expect it to be accessible and we were young. So I did it all when I was young. And I think the difference now is that I did it with mates and yeah. you can travel with mates when you're yeah. young. When you yeah. get older, you get yeah. less mates. Yeah. And then you got to travel with mates, with fre- uh, kids. And I just don't want to feel disabled on my holiday because I yeah. already feel disabled every – I will at my front door, you know, where I live now in yeah. Kangaroo Point, and there's just every pathway has got a lip or yeah. it's too dangerous, too hard, and I just want to go on holidays and not feel and that way. Off, so yeah. access rider, going back, I just had, an, I just had a thought. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to be able to say it better. Yeah, okay. Because I've heard myself say <laughs> yeah. it a few times on the podcast. On my access rider, I would love and do need and look for a swim up – Bar. Okay. <laughs> Did I say yeah, it yeah, well? Yeah. Because I can swim. Yeah. And I can swim up to the bar. Yeah. yeah. And then I could order a drink and then I, even a burger. Yeah. And I could even probably swim back with that burger on my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how does the, um, I'll, how does, as a Paralymp- former Paralympic swimmer, how does the swimming ability 
go after a couple of cocktails. So here's the thing. I can think I can walk better after a couple of cocktails. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when I was drinking or I just lost that inhibition, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, care what I looked yeah. like, thought I could dance because yeah, I can Yeah. and didn't care what I looked like. Once left my wheelchair behind at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> like woke up in the morning and was like, what am I missing? Yeah. Why are my feet so yeah. sore? Then ultimate wheel of shame, having to go back to that bar. Yeah, I love the bar staff in that situation. <laughs> they would have been, they would have got in the next day or the, the next shift or whatever. They're cleaning up and they're like, oh, someone's wallet, someone's fine, <laughs> someone's wheelchair. <laughs> What's happened there? Um, yeah, your trip to Port Douglas. Yeah, I went to yeah. Port Douglas. Yeah. I went to Cairns and Port Douglas with my six year old son, Kai. Yeah. And a support worker, Helen. And Helen's, I think she's 70 and she's got <laughs> three. You're on your hell. Uh, Helen. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed about that, but I'm yeah. sorry, Helen. Uh, yeah, she yeah. may feel 104 yeah. right today. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I'm saying her age is because she's so experienced with kids. So she's got three sons and grandkids. Yeah. So um, there's two parts to travelling for me, which is travelling obviously with a disability and then travelling as a single mum. Yeah. And when it comes to swimming, it's interesting, the whole holiday I felt very disabled because the wheelchair van that we got was a manual um, yeah. ramp, which I requested because the automatic ones always break down, as you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was really hard for Helen to use on her own. So we, yeah. <laughs> we both struggled with that, yeah. but at least we had one. And then the place itself didn't have an accessible room, which I agreed to because you want an accessible shower, yeah. whereas because I walk and need to walk into the into the shower and my, I've got a battery in my wheelchair, I can't get that wet, wet yeah. and I can't walk on wet tiles. So as you know, in an accessible bathroom, it, it can, floods. It can flood, yeah. Because I think we can't handle lips and they, yeah. and then unfortunately build them on the wrong gradient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old codes are incorrect. So I, generally speaking, don't want an accessible the bathroom. Stand, yeah, yeah. The rolling shower and yes. Stuff. So the the place itself wasn't accessible. I knew that going into it. They did put a ramp at the front door, which had a little lip at the uh, at the top. Yeah. But I could handle it. But no ramp onto the balcony. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that was so easy to fix because the balcony that we had overlooked this incredible pool. Yeah. When I say incredible, like I, I'm really into pools. Yeah. This was like 50 meters. To 100 metres yeah, of like swimming. Resort pool. Resort yeah. pool, swim up bar, ridiculous, hot pool, everything was amazing. But speaking about swimming, is that I don't feel disabled in the water. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I swim, I'm not quite your level, but I swim a couple of times a week. And that water, the feeling in the water, is that the support of the water has always been amazing. Yeah, and no one can tell you disabled. Yeah. And also, as a mum, that often feels like I can't lift my kid or I can't keep up with my kid. I can beat my kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I take great joy in yeah. doing that. Yeah. And I can catch him. Yeah. And I can play with him. Yeah. So yeah. that's really the best part about our holiday in Port Douglas was that we did it all around water because that's yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. And it was just sensational. Yeah. What about, um, so yeah, tell some of the activities. You mentioned the pool and just being in the pool. What, what, what was your pool like? Um, well, did was, you have a swim up nah, bar? No, no swim up bar. It was... Um, <laughs> The great thing about my com, it was also like a resident building as well. So it had like a just a little bit of a lap pool, just in like a common area. I had a we um, a sauna and steam room as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, Harry, my brother, and I, who was on the trip with me, we spent a bit of time in the sauna and then jumped in the pool. The um, 
the pool also had a hoist. Um, hey. So that was cool, but it was like a it was a weird hoist in terms of like it had a like it was a sling, <laughs> so it was very, it wasn't very clear on how to use it. <laughs> and then luckily, I think um, Scott, who was the manager of the building, he spotted us trying to use it, and he was like, and he showed us. But he's like, oh, I'm thinking of getting, oh, gonna contact the company for the hoist. I'm gonna replace the sling with the like a chair. Course. And I was like, that'd be great, Scott, because um, then you know how to use a chair. You're like, I sit in that and it, it dips A me sling up. to me is like a hammock. Yeah. And if you've ever seen a disabled person get into a hammock, yeah, it's a, it was <laughs> we, a, we, we may spend the next 10 years in it. Yeah, it was a bit, a bit <laughs> awkward. Or army roll out of one. But I, I, was, oh yeah, I had a good chat to um, Scott and I, I mentioned a couple of little things in, in the room, like the, the gap between the bed and the wardrobe was too narrow for me to get my chair. So right down to the beside the bed. So I again have the capacity to transfer out and, and shimmy down the bed, and that's how I got in down the bed. And, and he's like, "Yeah, I've, it's been flagged by other people to stay there with with wheelchairs and disabilities. We're going to get a queen bed. We're going to move the bedside table over. We're going to create about another meter and a half." Mm. I was like, "Awesome, mate! That's so good. I love hearing that." And then he mentioned and also measure the bed. They need to put on the website the exact height yes. of the bed. No, it's not for me, yeah. but I know my mates that yeah. use chairs need to know the exact height. So you mentioned you there was a lot of water-based activities, and what was uh, one another one of these? Uh, I did. We went to the reef, so we went on Quicksilver Cruise, which is, believe it or not, the ramp is big enough for a wheelchair, even bigger than mine, <laughs> just so rare. So I didn't believe it until I saw it myself, and we went up the ramp, and there was a wheelchair like a section for the table. And there's a big lip to go to the toilet, but they could actually help you with that as well. There is a ramp. And then I decided to walk up the stairs myself because I can. It wouldn't be uh, like OTs to be clutching their tape measures going, you can't walk <laughs> yeah, up the yeah, steps. Yeah. But I did because I knew that I'd get seasick if I didn't get in the open air. And also okay. I want to see. I want to see the, yes. you know, potential dolphins and stuff. So we went upstairs and um, when we got there, so we were very privileged to have a marine biologist called Dr Glenn something. <laughs> I meant to look up his name again before I came and then, you know, me in details. So getting Kai into the stinger suit was very challenging, not because I'm disabled, because he's six yeah. and he's got sensory issues. I had to get myself in the stinger suit, which is also challenging. <laughs> and then I put on a life, a wetsuit because it's cold and then we, Kai refused to put on a life jacket. So I knew that was going to be fun for me. And then so we got a noodle out for him and it was pretty choppy. So Glenn thought it was pretty funny that I ticked average swimmer. And well, I am now. You're, yeah. not, a, you're not a Paralympic swimmer forever. Yeah, bit um, older. And Kai put his head under the water with his goggles on, which is pretty incredible for a kid to do that because there's a fair bit going on. And then saw some fish, saw the coral, saw a massive fish then took in a whole bunch of salt water and that was it. He was he was done. So he was on my back the whole time and I was trying to help him. So I was pretty intense <laughs> with, the, with all the, um, you know, people watching and everyone knew that we, who we were, not just because of my disability because my son is extraordinarily loud. <laughs> so then luckily for me I got to go snorkelling without my son or mm -hmm. Helen who was also hanging on to me for dear life and I have not seen the coral, the reef, that good in my entire life. Amazing. So they were saying that's the best the corals looked in 30 years. Glenn has actually regenerated some of that coral. He's actually planted the coral. Wow, I love that, Glenn. Love that, Glenn. I can't keep houseplants alive, but Glenn, you know, regenerates coral. And we got to go past the border, yep. past the, you know, where everyone else could go. Okay. 
and saw every possible fish you can imagine plus really big fish. I know I should know the name of this but I don't. It's got like a funny smudged face. thought it was a shark. Not scared of sharks, which is good. Really scared of eels. Didn't see an eel. And, yeah, I was snorkelling for over an hour, so I probably hit probably a kilometre. And as I was thinking the whole time that I got to do all of that and go way further than everybody else and I felt so good. Yeah, that was your whole life. I just felt good and strong and better than ever. I know that sounds silly but going onto the boat and going to the toilet and getting up the steps and doing everything else, I'm so weak and I need help and I was better than everyone else on that boat. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like this powerful human being. Own your moment kind of thing. Even though I was kind of dying out there (laughs) internally, I didn't want to say anything because I just, it was just so good to feel like that again Mm -hmm. and to see what we saw and I'll never forget that day. Well, so what about some, um, I I love hearing about good food. What was some um, food up at Port Douglas? So we were really lazy. Yeah. Mostly because I was completely exhausted. It was 90 minutes out for the reef and then, of course, over in a kilometre of swimming. And then every day we pretty much just had room service Yeah. because it's just easier with kids. All, all my kid wants to eat. I know Ebony was saying that her kids are all into fancy food. My kid's not. Spag bowl, thanks, every day or chicken nuggets and chips. So we just did a whole lot of room service, sitting by the pool, eating in the pool, eating in the bath. Um, it was all really great. The food, yeah. What about you? Well, yeah, we. Um, so my brother came with me on the trip, uh, Harry, and um, had. I mean, we had the best time. Rolled into the accommodation in in Broadbeach. Staff, as I've mentioned, Scott, he was one wonderful, and the, and the room was amazing. The view from the balcony, and the balcony was accessible, was flat to get on. Oh, so the, don't boast. The the, uh, the view we just had um, the the ocean and just and Broadbeach. Like the skyscrapers of Broad, Broad Beach, it was amazing. And the food, food for us. I remember the first night we uh, went to Social Eating House. Oh, it's good. And it, so I roll up there, and Adam's there. He's, I think, I believe he's the owner. They got a you with names. Yeah, yeah. I made sure I remembered all this because they were all awesome. So I roll in there, and he's like, "Oh, you're the famous comedian." And ah! I was like, well, "Mate, I, I can't be that famous if you don't know who I am." So <laughs> he, he was a lot of fun, and then. So then the next day, which we did, a oh, surf lesson. I requested that when Tracy asked me, is there anything you specifically want to do? And I obviously didn't stand up on the board, still working on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, surf lesson with Tara and uh, Yaden. Shout out to Yaden, he was, he was a weapon. Um, so did a surf lesson at Corumban Alley. Um, so then we would just catch the wave in and we did that back and forth for about an hour. Uh, how, how hard is surfing? Oh, it takes a lot out of you. And, it's so different to yeah, swimming. yeah. It's just up and back, and and yeah, I was I was battling. By the, after about an hour, we looked at each other, and I think that'll do. And I yeah, so that was um that was the best. And then uh, I did the same tour as um Ebony. We did I did the whale watching tour as well. Was through SeaWorld. A great time. The staff were awesome. They uh, helped us on the boat. Um, it was a bit choppy and a bit bit rough on the way out. And I was uh, you know a big macho man. I was like I'm not having the seasick tablets. <laughs> Uh, and about half an hour in, I felt a bit of something and one of the staff kindly came up to me and was like, hey, mate, are you okay? I was like, oh, not great. She said, how about you just pop out the back and get some fresh air? And I spent the rest of the time out there and um, on the back of the boat and it all came good. I did not vomit as um, 
Yeah, because vomiting when you're in a in a wheelchair, you can't move very quick. No, I've never made it to the toilet ever. Yeah, no. So I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. So yeah, I gathered myself in the back of the boat and we hung out the back of the boat and saw a bunch of different different whales doing a bunch of cool different stuff and and yeah, there was an accessible bathroom on the on the boat and as I said, the staff were amazing. One of the one of the staff, he came up and he goes, I'm gonna I'll tell the skipper because you're on the back to make sure he manoeuvres the boat. So you can get as close to the whale as possible. So oh, the look fact at, that look I was, at you, you big star. I was like, I'm going to take it because, uh, yeah, I loved it. And then, um, yeah, the food, I, some of the best food I've ever eaten. Gold Coast is good for food. Uh, I, I would move. I'll happily say this. I would move to the Goldie tomorrow. I lived at the Gold Coast when I was younger. Yeah. I went to Bon Uni down there, yeah. and it it's quite accessible. All uh, right, yeah. The the broad the precincts in Broad Beach are like all new and all. All paths so well, and there were so many restaurants there. We one other uh, the second night we went to Mamasan, which is like Asian fusion, like dumplings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, the best. You went was, to all the best places. Oh, it was it was the best. Shane at Mamasan, oh, he he hooked, he hooked us right up. Um, so love that. I love how you're expecting a kid, and I'm really glad that you went to restaurants. Yeah. Because you may not get to another restaurant yeah. for the next 10 years. So, no, I made I'm sure, just warning you. I made sure this uh, this trip, I was like, I said to Harry, I was like, this could be the last sort of this trip for a while. So we made the most of it. And I'm, I'm a proper Queenslander. I say proper a lot. I, I realised in this podcast as well. I am a true blue Queenslander and I did not know that you could do whale watching at the Gold Coast. Well, there you go. Yep. Didn't even know there were whales. Seaworld. Which doesn't even make sense yeah. when you think about it because, of course, there's whales. Yep. Never uh, seen one. And and I know Ebony mentioned as well, the captain, he was a great narrator for, for what was, he had some real cool whale facts and, and just like, what, some of the most intelligent animals in the world. They've got a brain, I think it's four kilos. Their brain is four kilos in weight and they're like a 40 tonne animal. And here's another fun fact for you, Carney, about a whale. The uh, female whale, because they, they go, they come up here to like breed and mate. So when they lots of people do that, yeah, in the, the garden, the Gold Coast, Coast. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So they, when they've um, after they're given birth and they're heading back to the Arctic for the, uh, I guess for the winter. Is that um, Melbourne? Yeah, <laughs> the female whale because they're feeding, they're calf feeding. They lose half their body weight, so they go from forty ton to twenty ton when they're feeding the animal. Yeah, as they're their feeding, baby. Yeah, and they're and they're heading back. So I was like, that is and. And by the time they get back to like the Antarctica, they're like fanging for a feed. And I forgot to mention with Quicksilver Cruise, if you can't get down to where you snorkel because there's steps obviously into the ocean, you can't really get around that, I'm guessing. Maybe there is a way, but if you wanted to get into the ocean, you'd have to get a hand. But there was a, a semi-submerged boat you go on. Yep. You know, the glass bottom boats. Yeah. So you see everything that I saw. Uh, I know I when I was up there that I couldn't access the glass bottom boats, but um, I, you can. I, I, I didn't know. See, I, when I was up there at Cairns, I didn't know about Quicksilver at Port Douglas. So I'm definitely going to head back up there and, and use those guys. First time I've ever been a bo- on a boat where I didn't have to get out of my chair. Oh, wow. Okay, definitely going to be there for, for me. Um, I was going to mention, um, I guess, I, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a low light. I had, I had the best time um, for the, the three days I was there. But I think a lot of my activities... Um, I had to, like, I was using the every nth degree of my capacity. So yeah. I had to step up so the, to get on the, the bus for the hot air balloon ride because we got a, got a bus out to the, the landing and the takeoff site. I had to step, like, do four steps to get up on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they put my chair on the bus. And then to get in the balloon, I had the basket door open right up. It was a special 
that done it from Special. access needs, mm-hmm. but I still had to step up a little bit. So I was able. So to, can you fit the wheelchair in the? No, nah, so the chair didn't come on the balloon because it was you just were packed in with. Oh, we were in with twenty four other people, so you couldn't. But we were shoulder to shoulder. Um, so I was on a, on a little bench seat. Um, turns out not a huge fan of heights. I didn't, <laughs> didn't realise that at the good time. Good place to realise yeah, that. Yeah, um, I still had a good time, but you're like, that's very high. I'm wearing a like woven basket. Um, so my brother and I mentioned how we both were feeling that. But yeah, and the old, I recommend the hot air balloon, absolutely. Murray at the hot air balloon. I think go ballooning. I'm nailing the plugs. Uh, he was amazing and Ash was the, another guy. He was great. 3 a.m. wake up was a lot. Um, for the sunrise. Get used to it. You're about yeah. to become a dad. So maybe that was a good warm-up. It's 3 a.m. wake 3 up. 3 a.m. to sleeping. Was uh, a lot. Um, and then, yeah, from the balloon, we did that. And that, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, they, they – and but, yeah, I think – Didn't so, you go paragliding? So paragliding was after the balloon. We did so the – So this is after you realised you don't like heights and you went paragliding. Uh, paragliding is a bit – it's a bit different, those sort of ones, because you, you are strapped in. And for, like, paragliding, I've done skydiving before where – Anywhere where I'm heading towards the ground, I'm I'm about it. Whereas a balloon, you're going you're, you're mm-hmm. going up. And See, I just want to go in water. Yeah. Can well, you we, can you paraglide and land in like you're in water, right? So we did. So we're above the water. We're um like on the harbour there at like Service Paradise, and one of the things they do with the paragliding, we're off the back of the boat. We're about I'd say forty meters in the air, and then about a hundred meters off the boat on this like cord. And one of the things they could do with the, the paragliding was they could dip you. So the, the, they would drop you into the water and then you'd skim the water and you'd go back up. So I, um, the, cool. the skipper of that boat, uh, Rod, uh, he, he said, how... how okay, uh, can you stop name dropping? I, I'm nailing this. He said, how extreme, how much adrenaline do you want, boys? And we said, mate, rip it. Like, how, whatever you can do, just rip in. And so we dipped and we were... Yeah, it was, it was the best time. But again... Uh, I. I had to step up over the boat and step up onto the back to get the um, to get the harness on. But the boys there, uh, Rod was the cap, the skipper, and it was Jeff and Rowan. Rowan, um, skinny little Gold Coast dude, just put it, put me on his back and carried me. Um, so thank you for that. But yeah, best time. Like it was, my brother and I loved it. So I think um, we ask the question to every guest, and we'll ask it to ourselves: If there's one thing you could make travel uh, or change you could make to make travel more accessible. What would that be? I would say hot spas somewhere, everywhere. Every hotel, if you've got a hot spa, be very um, aware that you are going to attract lots of people with disabilities. Yeah, because of the warm water, hot water. Yeah, so if you've got a hot spa on the roof, we've got a hot spa in the resort, try and make it accessible, which is really easy yeah. to do. You can just have a chat to me or any of us. We'll tell you how to do it. Um, there was, you know, hoist, obviously, and airlines. Of course, I wish that when I flew any airline yeah. that the information I give them or the dangerous goods certificate they issue me that lasts a year is all that they need mm-hmm. and they don't need to ask me 100 questions about it and for me to have to fight to get on that the flight. Same, the same questions each flight. Yeah. I guess for me, the what I'd change, well, I guess something I'd change to make a, a, it all more accessible, holidays, travel, would be um, that that consultation, I think, similar to what you've touched on, but I'll use the um, the accommodation where I was 
as the example. Again, everyone was the service was great. As I said, I spoke to Scott about some access stuff. Uh, but the building is like new. It's been open, I think, February this year. So what I would love is rather than I have to, to say this after the fact, all the designs have been done, it's been built, oh, you need to get change the bed a bit, you need to do this to, to make this better. Get us involved in the like yeah. at the ground floor, then sometimes literally when it's a big apartment building. <laughs> but get us involved when the design stage is happening because I guarantee you if you had someone – consult with a disability in a wheelchair, whatever it would be, and go, oh, the bed, the gap between the wardrobe and the bed is too narrow. You need to figure that out. And then once that's, once we have that conversation, this sort of stuff doesn't doesn't pop up after the fact. So that would be my, my big thing, just consult the lived experience. It is happening in a lot of spaces already. It's getting better, but Absolutely. consultation is huge. And when I was there at this hotel, I saw a 10-year-old little girl with cerebral palsy and another older lady who used a mobility scooter. So we do exist. Mm. And, the, and the mother came over to me of the um, of Emily and I told her about the podcast and then she yeah. listened to it and she came back and she was just so excited and this Emily wanted my uh, a selfie with me mm-hmm. and she said, I've never heard anyone else talk about the challenges that we go through And she had a very different experience than I did because you know why? Kids. Kids are so innocent, which is beautiful, right? And I think the problem with me sometimes too is it's not just the disability, it's because I'm already ready to fight. And I think that's partially something that I've got to work on as well because Emily, everyone loved Emily because Emily was happy and everyone helped her and she was easier to help than probably I am, not just because of my wheelchair, (laughs) because of my... Overall vibe sometimes? Not just vibe. It's probably just the fatigue of the fight. Yes. And also the, being a single mum and wanting my son and also when I can't access the pool, for example, so for the for the pool entry, he went in one way, which is all stairs. So for me to access the pool, it takes – I actually timed it, one minute 30. So any mum out there, one minute 30, I had no eyes on my son. Okay. So you'll understand what my minute 30 feels like when you've got no eyes on a kid with a pool. It is like an hour. Mm-hmm. When he goes that way and I can't get to him, that feeling is indescribable, you know, that you can't get to your son. But when you're there, it's okay. But those little things are big things. Well, we've come to the end, Carney. Uh, no. It's the series finale. <gasps> uh, I don't know about you, but I have loved this experience. I've heard so many amazing stories of so many different people. And also my trip to the Gold Coast was a lifetime trip with my spend that time with my brother um, before my life changes forever, as we've spoken about. But, <laughs> I'm probably scared but I'm scared the hell out of you about being a yeah. being a dad. It is brilliant. Yeah. So to just what what this has been has been the one of the best experiences for me. And I, I guess how how are you feeling now that we we've come to the end? I don't want it to be over. Because we've got so much more to learn. Yes. I actually learned a lot. I thought I knew I thought I had a PhD in disability because mm-hmm. I've learnt a lot from the people that we've interviewed that I thought that I knew with yeah. different disabilities. And I really didn't know a lot of things about autism and sensory say, profiles. Prue was amazing. Steph and uh, and and uh, Ebony, just their different experiences. Even though they were both vision impaired and, and legally blind, they had so much different stuff. I I agree. It was I learnt so much as well. I learnt so much, and I really hope that it, this becomes a powerful podcast, not because I want to be 
you know, the number one podcast, which is kind of fun. Which we, yeah. Which we are. Um, I heard. But I want people in the industry to realise that it's not about ramps and lifts, even though they really help. Like a spiral staircase isn't great and not being able to get to balcony is easy to fix, is that it's predominantly about attitude. Mm -hmm. It's predominantly about going, what can we do? We don't have a ramp here. What can we do for you? And getting down and getting dirty and getting on the floor and and lifting the chair if you can and just asking questions and being honest, saying, yes, we're not accessible. How many steps? Count them. Measure the bed. Put it on the website. And I think if you understood that I will go back to Fiji time and time again, not because it's accessible, because of their attitude and they treat me like a customer and bulla, bulla, bulla. And that's what I find and that's why the reef cruise, even though it was accessible, was the highlight of my trip and the wildlife habitat. It's the first zoo I've been to where you can access the whole place. And to do that as a mother, even though I was scared of the water dragons, is truly the biggest relief ever and not to think about your disability for those two or three hours is a gift. But uh, this has been one of the highlights of my of my career. So me too. thank you. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Ollie. We did it. We did it. We've nailed it. <laughs> thank you for listening to Access That, presented by Queensland. Head over to Queensland.com for more on accessible travel.